Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, The Team's Biggest Gamble and ask me questions if I was confusing. Over the off-season, teams make gambles. They take a shot on maybe it's going to be aggressively advancing a prospect to the major league team, or maybe it would be sinking a whole bunch of money into a free agent. Any of various number of different things, but... Usually over an off-season, there's that one big gamble. Maybe it's a trade, either veteran for prospect or prospect for veteran, either way. But teams usually will have that one thing that we're going to try this. And if that thing works, the team usually improves greatly. If it backfires, well, you know how that goes. But teams will usually take that one rather big risk in an offseason. As I look at the landscape for Major League Baseball teams this offseason, that one big gamble probably is not going to involve spending a whole lot more money in most cases. My guess is at least 27 of the 30 teams will spend less in 2021 than they did in 2020 on payroll. And in many instances, I think it will be significantly less. The 27 of 30 isn't a magic number. I could be off a little bit either way. It could be 28 or 29, or it could only be 25, 23. I'm saying... I'm putting it at 27, and I think most teams will generally decide what with the continuing pandemic and the uncertainty of labor strife for 2022, I don't really think that a lot of teams are going to aggressively turn 2021 into a gambling season. I think teams will rely more heavily upon development, expect executives to show their adroitness in player development, and okay, we need a right fielder. Bring me up a right fielder from the minor leagues. I really think that's going to be a large part of it. Claim some guys on waivers, DFA wire trades, I really think that's going to be the standard call of things. And when the players who were recently let go of their teams realize the money's not there, they'll have to either decide to walk away from the game or sign for a whole lot less than they thought they were really going to have to. Whether this involves collusion between teams or not, It could be either way. 
That's what I expect. Whether teams have decided this is what we're going to do and we expect you to do that as well, which would be entirely illegal, or whether it will be, hmm, I don't want to spend spend my money on free agents, so I'm going to have my executives not do that. And no, we actually haven't talked with anyone else about it. Either way, I really do expect a whole lot of reduced spending on payroll in 2021, largely across the board. Nonetheless, the Cubs are taking a huge risk this offseason, and you've probably heard a little, 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 little tiny bit about it, but the topic is why I'm having the podcast. Thanks for stopping by my podcast. I put effort and quality into each one to try to assure information you won't necessarily get as promptly or completely from other sources. If you have friends who might enjoy this sort of information delivery service on Deep Dive Cubs News, send them a link of an episode that might resonate with them. Perhaps this one. Hitting like, share, follow, retweet, or subscribe is also appreciated. Ask if you need assistance in sharing. Much of this podcast is assessing value. As you assess the value this podcast provides you, most podcast delivery systems allow a link for you to contribute to the podcast in the fashion that is most applicable for you. Thanks for any and all levels of support. Sahadev Sharma from The Atlantic, from The Athletic, not The Atlantic, The Athletic, had an article over the weekend talking about the Cubs' big gamble. Dan Kantrovitz, who I no longer have to look up his name to either spell it or remember it, um, was offered an interview with the Angels for a new position. Upon talking with the Cubs, principally, I would imagine, Jed Hoyer and Theo Epstein, he decided he was not interested in leaving. Instead, he would be staying with the Cubs and entirely reshaping everything regarding scouting. Kantrovitz showed off his abilities in the June, it was June this year, right? Yeah, it was still June this year, Uh, June draft. And it was his... His draft choices have been widely supported, at least from Cubs supporters, Cubs outlets, etc., etc. And it was a case of the Cubs could either let him walk or give him additional responsibilities. The Cubs decided to give him additional responsibilities, and he is shaking things up this offseason, as far as how scouting is being done, as how as, as far as how scouting is being arranged, as far anything involving scouting is changing under Kantrovitz, um under his watch. And the Cubs' big gamble is giving him more to do, more authority, more responsibility. If Kantrovitz 
as a player selector works, the Cubs should be fine on into the future. If it doesn't work, well, that's the downside. I'm positive in terms of thinking it will work. He's had success before. He's had success with the Cardinals. He's had success with the A's. And the Cubs really didn't want him to be a 12-month-and-done sort of guy. So they are increasing his role. I would imagine, regardless how the Theo Epstein leaving the organization thing in 12 months, possibly, works out, Kantrovitz will probably stick around because of the way it's been phrased. Nobody knows anything, but that's what it kind of sounds like. Kantrovitz is the Cubs' big gamble this offseason. If he is good at bringing in talent, the Cubs should be fine. If he's not so good at bringing in talent, it will be another way that the Cubs lose each time around the track to the better organized teams. I guess I'm confident. I guess I'm confident in him, but I don't really have anything to bank it on. Uh, again, he's he did fairly well with the Cardinals. He did fairly well with the A's. And I have no problem with Ed Howard. Um, Jordan Nawagu seems to be doing fairly well. I'm told that Burl Caraway and Luke Little are good ads. Cohen Moreno seems like a useful have. And the Cubs brought in a couple of guys after the draft that seemed to do ver fairly well. Jacob Wetzel included. I don't know. I don't know. This is going to be the gamble. In five or six years, people will look back and at least the ones who, um, whose opinion I value, and they will assess whether the Kantrovitz era was successful, and that will be the important addition slash retention in the 2020, 2020 into 2021 offseason. We'll have to see. Um... International signings and draft signings are key to any organization. They are tied in with player development and knowing your talent and knowing other teams' talent in, in regards to trades. That's how teams make it. That's how teams do it. Yes, the veteran free agent can help here and, here and there now and again, but locating initial talent on an initial contract. That's how teams generally get it done. Will Dan Kantrovitz lead to a secondary spurt of excellence in the Cubs? We'll find out. But the gamble that the Cubs are placing of giving Dan Kantrovitz more responsibility that's going to be the important gamble of the 2020-2021 offseason. Not signing this guy or that as a free agent. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arab Excellence. I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant.
I'll attempt to have that worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go and be nice to people.